guys, it's Meg. What's up? What's poppin'? Welcome back to the podcast. Have you ever been with a group of people and someone asks, what's your sign? Most of the time, people will give an answer based off the day they were born. But what is astrology and why is it so interesting? And the source I used for this is an actual book that I got on Barnes & Noble's it's from the same line slash collection that the crystal book was we got. And this book is called In Focus Astrology, Your Personal Guide by Sasha Fenton. And it was so interesting. Like it went into way more detail than I'm going to go in this podcast because honestly, I was confused at parts. There were a lot of parts where I was like, what are they talking about? I do not understand this language. But according to this book, astrology is not a religion or a belief, but a system that's part astronomical, part psychological, and part forecasting. And then they even broke it down in the book. So astrology means the study of the stars. Horoscope means map of the hour. And zodiac means a circle of animals. So let's dive right into it. Hey, what's up? It's Editing Meg. And I just want to put a quick disclaimer in. I just want to say that I am in no way an expert on astrology. I'm not claiming to be an expert. I just find this topic interesting. And this is what I learned from the book. So that's my little disclaimer before we deep dive into this topic. So there are 12 signs of the zodiac that astrologers often refer to as the sun signs. The start of each year, the sun will always be in Capricorn and then it moves on to the next sign and the next sign and the next sign, which I find so interesting. But the sun doesn't always move out of one sign into another exactly the same day each year. Basically, what sun signs are is it's the position on Earth the sun appears to enter these signs at regular times each year. So the first one we're going to talk about, because this is the order they went in, is Aries. And this is from March 21st to April 19th. Taurus is next, which is from April 20th to May 20th. Gemini follows as May 21st to June 21st. Cancer is June 22nd to July 22nd. Leo is July 23rd to August 22nd. Virgo is August 23rd to September 22nd. Libra is September 23rd to October 23rd. Scorpio is October 24th to November 22nd. Sagittarius is November 23rd to December 22nd. Capricorn is December 23rd to January 20th. Aquarius is January 21st to February 19th. And Pisces is February 20th to March 20th. Now we're going to dive a little bit deeper into each zodiac sign, but like not too deep because there is a lot of components to each zodiac sign. So the first one we're going to talk about is the genders. So it kind of flip and flops between each zodiac sign. So all the zodiac signs that are masculine are Aries, Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sagittarius, and Aquarius. And then all the signs that are considered feminine are Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces. And then in addition to genders, there's also the elements. And the elements are considered more influential than genders. And each zodiac sign belongs to an element. And the elements are fire, earth, air, and water. And this one we're going to dive a little bit deeper in than like feminine versus masculine. So fire signs are people who get things off the ground quickly. Earth signs do things in a slow and considered manner. Air signs like to talk and analyze. And water signs act according to their feelings at any given moment. So the zodiac signs that are considered fire are Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. The ones that are considered Earth are Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. The ones that are considered air are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. 
And the water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And then we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the elements because I found this so interesting. What they said for the elements is for fire are people who are courageous and won't hesitate to plunge into everything life has to offer. Sometimes these people cannot understand why other zodiac types lack their ability to grasp an opportunity when it arises. Fire people are quick, intelligent, and generous. They love deeply and with passion and are more sensitive than they appear on the outside so they can be quick to cut when the affection and generosity that they unseemingly give others isn't returned. Earth signs are practical, hardworking, and happiest when doing something useful. They can be relied upon to get a job done even though it might take them a while to get around to doing things. They are sensual and have a creative streak. Although this manifests in different ways with each of the three earth signs, shrewd and cautious, these people need material and emotional security and they will put up a lot for their families. Air signs can come up with an answer but don't count on them to do something they don't understand. Air people are excellent communicators who work in fields where they are with others or create connections between groups of people. Many enjoy working with modern technology. They are restless and often tense and they need travel in a sporty outlet or a practical hobby such as gardening. Despite being restless and flirtatious, they enjoy being in a loving relationship. And then water signs, their feelings run deeply and they can be very emotional. Their loved ones will discover what it's like to live alongside their spells of excitement and joy in their times of depression. People approach matters in an indirect manner, testing out a situation before plunging in. Intuitively, they feel everything that is going on in the atmosphere around them. Water people attach themselves strongly to those they love and they are especially close to their children. Most people are fond of pets too. This next part of zodiac signs, I did not know was a thing and it was so interesting for me but it's called the qualities and there are three qualities cardinal fixed immutable and they are very important with personality factors they say cardinal sign people like their own way they're hard to push around and influence they make changes when a situation no longer suits them. Fixed sign people uphold the status quo and don't change direction easily. Immutable sign people are adaptable. They work in jobs where they can travel around or deal with the flow of different people or goods during the course of the day. So all the signs that are considered cardinal are Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. The ones that are fixed are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And the ones that are mutable are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces, which is really crazy because I never knew half of this stuff. So in addition to the sun sign, there's also the rising sign, which occurs at the point when the sun rises over the eastern horizon. The ascendant is the exact point within the rising sign and is the starting point for the 12 astrological houses. The rising sign can be more obvious than the sun sign. So when someone asks you to guess their star sign and you get it wrong, it's likely that you're picking up their rising sign rather than their sun sign. The rising sign can modify the person's appearance, manner, and behavior. It tells us a lot about the person's childhood and youth and relates to the kind of programming the individual receives while growing up. So nature is within our sun and moon signs and nurture can affect our rising signs. So let's just dive right into moon signs real quick because honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I only know my sun sign. My sun sign's a Taurus. I don't know my rising sign or my moon sign, which is really bad, but there's actually, it talked about in the beginning of this book, astrological like apps and stuff that you can make a birth chart and it gives you all this information. And this book taught you how to read them and I was confused. We're not gonna go too deep into that topic, but for moon signs, the moon orbits the earth every 27.3 days, but moves from one degree of the zodiac to the next every 29.5 days. The moon sign is less obvious than the sun sign as it rules reactions rather than actions and it concerns the hidden and inner side of the personality. It relates to the emotions and to behavior that is determined by the way we are. The moon sometimes has something to say about the relationship to parents, especially the mother. It can refer to the home and domestic circumstances, but it can also show whether the person is in tune with the needs of the public. So you know how we talked about genders before with the sun signs and we're like, oh, it doesn't really affect it that much? Well, 
the gender for the moon signs definitely has an impact. And it is said that the moon signs who are masculine are less sensitive and less impressionable than those with the moon and feminine. So everything's the same when it comes to the moon sign. The genders are all the same. The elements are all the same. But they all have different impacts because when it comes to elements, the moon sign really comes into its own person as the person's reactions to a situation can be very different from their outward manner behavior. Like some examples of this is the fire signs and moons are positive side of the moon side is that the person doesn't suffer as much on an emotional level as some of the other types so he has a happier life. Negatively, when in order upset or when a relationship or job doesn't work out the way the person wishes, the fire moons can lash out and hurt others without considering the consequences. For earth signs in the moon, the positive side is that people tend to commit to the relationships that are important to them and don't walk away from anything that easily. But negatively, when under pressure, these people hang on to everything they've got with every fiber of their being. For air signs in the moon, the positive is that these subjects can climb the ladder of success and get ahead in life in a way that others can only envy. They don't really have a negatively. They just said they love their families deeply but only have a few really important friends. For water signs, positive note is that many of these people work as counselors or psychics are in social and civil services, helping out in disaster areas wherever and whenever specialist help is needed. But negatively, they suffer deeply and feel their own inner pain, hurt, and resentment on a grand scale. And then the qualities in the moon are also the same. So when the moon is in a cardinal sign, the person will be pushed around so they can make success of a job or of some other aspect of life where others struggle. Fixed sign, this person has a powerful sense of responsibility and can put up with a lot. Immutable sign, are these people are intelligent and capable but aren't always strong enough or determined enough to be great winners in the game of life. Which I just honestly read like the first sentence of each section. They go way, way deeper into this. So, you know, we have the sun sign, the rising signs and the moon sign but something i forgot to mention about the rising sign is that the rising sign is the starting point for the 12 houses maybe wondering what are the 12 houses well we're gonna get into it the first house being so close to the rising sign this house refers to the programming the person receives in childhood and affects the person's outer manner it is associated with the person's appearance, manner and image, and some health issues. It can show talents and perhaps career or lifestyle. The second house is concerned with values and the person's image and personal possessions and personal finances. Basic security needs as well as self-esteem and the way they live is valued by others as are some abstract priorities such as security, love, and freedom. This also shows whether such concepts as decor, beauty, the arts, music, cooking, or gardening figure in the subject's life. This house can rule land or money in the bank. The third house is associated with siblings, neighbors, close friends, and the location the person lives in. It rules communication, information, and figure work along with the way the subject thinks or speaks. It rules the basic education and level of dexterity, local travel, short journeys, and motor transportation are ruled by the third house. The fourth house rules mother figures, the childhood home, and domestic circumstances such as the person's home, land, and property or business premises. It is mainly concerned with the home and family matters, but interest in the past and such things as history, antiques, and family heritage are shown here. The fifth house covers artistry, creativity, especially music, and the creation of the family, especially children, a business enterprise, a work of art, or a book. It is associated with pleasures, holidays, hobbies, and games that are fun and amusing, including fun-filled love affairs and time off from the realities of daily life. The sixth house was employers and employees, work and duty of all kinds. Health prevention of illness and anything to do with fitness are indicated in the sixth house. It also shows an interest in health matters and complementary therapies and so on and can show a tendency to overwork or to be lazy. The seventh house also rules agreements, contracts, and justice. Open relationships can include enemies. A sense of justice or injustice can be seen here, as well as anything to do with the law and legal matters. The eighth house is about finances and resources, either personal or business. 
It deals with financial institutions, legacies, taxes, corporate matters, or even the police. Birth, death, sex, and karma are associated with this house as are secrets, resentment, pain, transformation, and hidden or occult matters. The eighth house shows those things that make the person resentful or that seems to oppose them in life, such as coming up against authority or other abstract concepts. The ninth house Rules travel over distances rather than local travel. Foreigners, foreign goods, and different cultures. Issues of freedom, independence, and exploration are shown in the ninth house. Anything that expands the person's intellectual horizon, such as higher education, religion, or philosophy. Justice and law can be important here. And it rules gambling and luck, and this is often associated with animals, especially large ones. The tenth house can indicate the career, but it really represents any goal or ambition. Parents, especially father figures, are ruled here as are authority figures. Status, public acclaim, political advancement, and anything else that happens outside the home or in the public gaze are ruled by this house. This can connect to big business or government in some way. The 11th house rules detached relationships such as friendships, clubs, societies, and group activities, so it's considered a social house. It links the local government and things that benefit the people and the individual locality. The acquisition of knowledge and original or unusual ideas is here as our intellectual pastimes and astrology. This is the house of originality and rules hopes and wishes for the individual and for those around him. And the very last house, the 12th one, can show where the person makes sacrifices or cares for those who need help. It rules places of seclusion such as prisons and hospitals or even working quietly at home. It also connects with mysticism, hidden matters, hidden enemies, secrets, and feelings of insecurity. Planets in this house can lend artistry, musical talents, or psychic abilities to the person. They can also demote a person's undoing or some form of self-destruction behavior. So the connection between the sun and house is that the sun signs run through Aries through Pisces and the houses run from 1 to 12. So each sign has similar characteristics to each house. So just to quickly like go through it to make a little connection for everything. Aries is the first house of self and the body. Taurus is the second and is what is valued, personal finances and possessions. Gemini is the third, which is communication and local matters. Cancer is the fourth, which is home, family, mother, the past. Leo's the fifth, which is children, fun, creativity. Virgo's the sixth, which is work and health. Libra's the seventh, love relationships, work partnerships, and opponents. Scorpio's the eighth, shared resources, financial partnerships, sex and resentment. Sagittarius is the ninth, expansion, education, philosophy, and travel. Capricorn's the tenth, status, goals, ambitions, and career matters. Aquarius is the eleventh, friendships, hopes, and wishes. And Pisces is the twelfth house, which is hidden matters, vulnerability, and self-undoing. Astrology is just so interesting to me because there's so many components to it that I think there's like a lot more than people realize. And then there's so many different types of astrology. But in addition to all of that, there's also planets and how planets are related to astrology. So we're going to go deep into the planets and this is going to be a hella long podcast and I'm so sorry. Hope you like it. But Mercury is the smallest and innermost planet and its orbital period around the sun of 88 days is the shortest of all the planets in the solar system. It is named after the Roman deity Mercury who is a messenger to the gods. There are times when the earth appears to be overtaking Mercury and this happens on average three times a year for a period of two to three weeks. So when we say Mercury is in retrograde, it is basically saying that this is a time when communications can go wrong, vehicles on local travel can cause problems, and our health may let us down, and things may get lost. Mercury is concerned with basic education, literacy, numeracy, and communication of all kinds, and is also the area in which people live, work, local travel, and everything attached to daily life. Mercury rules writing and figure work buying, selling, and marketing, and things such as buses, taxes, and the family car. It is also concerned with relationships with brothers, sisters, cousins, and neighbors, and is considered the planet of illness, health, and healing. 
and it's said that if a person's into magic, this is their planet. It can relate to the movement and thus to some form of sport, such as running and hiking. Mercury also rules tricksters and thieves. Which, we're not going to go into all the signs and the houses that Mercury affects, because it affects every sign and house in a different way. We're just going to talk about the planets in general. After Mercury is Venus, who is the second furthest planet from the sun, and its orbit is 224 days. Venus relates to the things one possesses and values, which means that it is often taken or referred to money, as this is the means by which people obtain possessions. Venus is not attached to finances, but to other things that are of value of importance, such as the home, personal freedom, or things such as beautiful in the subject's eyes. Venus shows the way a person gives love and what he wants from a lover. This planet is of luxury, relaxation, and having a good time, and can show the way someone dresses and presents himself to the world. After Venus is Mars, which is the next planet, and Mars' year is twice as long as ours, and Mars also has two moons. This planet shows how a subject goes after what he wants and expresses the assertive, masculine side of the person's nature. Mars can show the way someone acts when they have a crush on someone and what they do to obtain love. The Romans called Mars the god of war, so it shows what a person can fight for. Mars shows how the individual uses his energy and for what purpose. After Mars goes Jupiter, and it spins far more quickly than Earth. It consists of gas, dust, and stormy clouds, and it has 15 moons, but only four that are sizable. The sign that Jupiter was in at birth will throw considerable light on a person's beliefs and value system. It also determines how adventurous the person is and the way he attempts to expand their horizons. Jupiter in some signs inclines the person to be a gambler or risk taker, and in others, it breathes life into what others might be a dull personality. Jupiter is a wonderful indicator of where and how a person is likely to find luck. Saturn is a planet that all student astrologers love to hate, according to this book. It represents restrictions and limitations, and positions show where one's greatest hardships and life lessons lie. Often by uncovering these hardships, we learn to create a structure to our lives and to win through. Saturn represents hard work and attention to detail and also signifies old age and happiness later in life. Uranus is the next planet and it spins in a different direction to all the other planets and its poles are at the side rather than the north and south position and it is a gas giant. This planet is a quote-unquote breakout planet. It breaks the rules and causes upheavals in people's lives. This planet rules creativity, originality, and sometimes psychic gifts. It is associated with higher education, science, new inventions, and new ideas, also with friendships and other detached relationships, political ideas, and personal freedom. It rules hopes and wishes. Next is Neptune, which is associated with the sea and travel, and also with dreams, imagination, creativity, and escaped from life. It relates to psychic matters, intuition, mysticism, religion, and spiritual ideas, also to art, music, and all that makes life pleasant. However, there is a dark side to this planet which makes it hard for people to see the truth of things and can cause muddles, misunderstandings, illusions, and self-destruction, but also sudden revelations. This planet rules escapist behavior through drink or drugs or by running away, but it also relates to kindness and a good heart. This book is still considering Pluto as a planet, and it said that Pluto has one very large moon called Sharon, which makes it a binary planet. Pluto rules transformation even to the point of destroying things so that it can rebuild it in a better way later. Because of its association with union and dependent partnerships, it is associated with shared resources, big money, and such things as taxes, mortgages, and legacies. Union can also imply sexual relationships and the big family issues of birth, death, gains, and losses. It can relate to recycling, which something is no longer used for its original purpose. 
This planet rules deep thinking and deep feelings. Now, there is one more planet that astrology uses that we typically don't really talk about in school. And I think it's pronounced Chiron. Editing Meg might need to come in here, but it's C-H-I-R-O-N. And it is a dwarf planet that astrologers have been using since the late 1970s. Yeah, no, I was completely off. It's pronounced Chiron. It rules health and change in partnerships and relationships, but its most important feature is that it shows where the deepest psychological wound lies. All of this talk about the planets remind me of a musical piece called The Planets by Gustav Holst. It's a seven-movement orchestra piece written between 1914 to 1917, and each movement in the piece is named after a planet and its astrological character, and it's just so cool and fascinating and really nice to listen to. So I highly recommend that piece. You should all go listen to it. There is so, so much information about these signs, but I think one of the number one things we all are guilty of using is when it comes to love compatibility within the signs. So here's just a simple explanation that they give for love compatibility. So if you have the same sign, it's considered a conjunction, and it is obvious that we understand people of our own sign, but this connection is more common as a family connection or for a friendship than it is for love. Two signs away on either side of the sign it's called sextile. This is an easy connection as both signs are the same gender and they share compatible elements such as fire and air or earth and water. This is often a similarity in the way these people think and behave. Three signs away on either side of the sun sign is considered square. This is a tense connection. Although the signs share the same quality, there may be a sexual attraction. And four signs away on either side of the sun sign is called trine. Every sun sign books or magazine articles picks this one as being the ideal relationship. The two signs share a gender and an element, so they have much in common, but the quality will be different. The trine links the fire signs of Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, the earth signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, and the air signs of Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, and the water signs of Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And then five signs away on either side of the sun sign is called in conjunction, which is unlikely to work. But this is just one type of astrology. It's one of the most common astrology on this half of the hemisphere, like world. But there's so many different other types of astrology and other resources and things they use. Astrocartology or ACG is a system that came into the U.S. once personal computers are becoming available. And it's basically the way the sun is shining on the face of the earth when you were born. There's also local space astrology, which is also considered LSA. And it's a much easier concept to understand than ACG. And it's basically just how high and how far something happens to be. There's also astrogeodetics, there's dignities. There's just so many different components that people use in astrology to help pinpoint your personality and the way you grew up and this and that. And there's also different forms of astrology, I guess we'll say, like traditional and horary astrology, which is an older form of astrology. It uses so many different factors. And the definite book on this subject is Christian Astrology by William Lilly, which was published in 1647. Horary astrology is a branch of traditional astrology that gives answers to questions by employing traditional and astrological methods. Only the planets that can be seen with the naked eye are used, but the rules for this are complex. There's also Arabic astrology, which is based on our familiar birth chart, but uses parts, and each part is found by a mathematical calculation. And for instance, the famous part of fortune is found by deducting the position of the sun from that of the ascendant and adding the position of the moon, which we're not going to get too much into this. I'm not going to scare scare because it gets very confusing, and they use very big words, and I get very confused by it. There's also fixed stars 
This is an ancient name for the stars as opposed to the planets. The planets move, but ancient astrologers considered the stars to be static or fixed. The procession of the equinoxes, the great ages. The idea here is related to fixed stars in a way. The Earth slightly wobbles, which can affect the making the equinoxes and solaces process backwards in relation to the constellations. The kind of astrology that they use in the West is called tropical astrology because it links the summer solstice to zero degrees of Cancer and the winter solstice to zero degrees of Capricorn and vice versa. And then sidereal is the astrology of the stars as opposed to the astrology of the equinoxes and solstices, which is what the Western tropical astrology is based on. There's also Hindu or Vedic astrology, which uses sidereal astrology. And the 27 or 28 divisions, which is a big fancy word and I don't want to mispronounce it. And they're based on the 13 degree movement of the moon during the course of the day. And then each of their 27 to 28 divisions is named after a god or goddess. It has its own character and mythology. I think another common astrology form type that we're all aware of besides the basic 12 zodiac signs are the Chinese astrology which are the 12 animal signs of rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, pig, and is based off the year we are born. And the Chinese astrology not only uses the elements of fire, earth, and water, they also use wood and metal. And there's like so much more into that. Like that could be a whole nother podcast episode, but I probably won't do one on that just because I don't know a lot about that and I don't feel comfortable doing one on that one. But there's just so many more different forms of astrology. Besides all the things we talked about, you know, there's also Aztec astrology, which is so difficult and hugely complex because they have so many different calendars for religion, farming, personal readings. They have the 13-day divisions of the moon and the position of Venus to consider. There's also Nordic and Celtic divisions that is a form of astrology. There's just so, so many types of astrology then the one that we all commonly used here in the U.S. and maybe over in like Europe or like the Northern Hemisphere. But I feel like we've all come across astrology at some point in our life. We've all been asked, hey, what's your sign? What's your sign? I know I've been asked it. I bet a lot of people here who are listening have also asked this. And I hope you learned something from this podcast because I know I learned a lot about astrology and the stars and the moons and the planets and how it relates to us and the science behind it, the psychological parts behind it. And it's interesting. It's really cool. It's really fascinating. And it's really, really complex. So the next time someone comes up to you and asks you what your sign is, give them the answer. But just know there is a lot, a lot of information behind it. And it could potentially shape the way that we are in our life. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Hey Guys, It's Meg. You can follow Hey Guys, It's Meg underscore podcast on Instagram or Twitter for updates and good times. Come back next week for the season four finale. I can't believe we're already at the finale. Like, what happened? That went by so fast, but I'm so excited for it. The finale this season is going to be all about dreams. I'll see you all on the flip side. Peace out, Girl Scouts.